0: Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. In order to address global food shortages, President Biden has proposed spending $500 million to encourage U.S. farmers to increase production of certain crops, including wheat and soybeans, with double cropping. The request is part of a $33 billion supplemental spending request made on April 28th. Roy Shaneman, Executive Director of the Nebraska Wheat Board, says if the proposal passes, there could be some opportunities for Nebraska.
1: So, for example, in eastern Nebraska... If somebody's already got a winter wheat crop planted, you know, there are opportunities for those producers and probably enough time within the growing season. If they have a nice harvest, it goes fast and goes smooth. They can probably still come in behind that wheat crop and plant soybeans and try to get you know, a late soybean crop in the ground and and harvested before we get to the killing frost.
0: Cody Creech, University of Nebraska Extension Dryland Cropping Specialist, agrees with Shanaman in planting soybeans after the wheat, but...
2: They won't get the yields so that they're typically accustomed to. They'll have to find a much shorter day corn or a much
1: shorter day maturity group on the soybeans.
2: We have actually looked at that in eastern Nebraska, some corn yields. It's really hard to get corn yields to break 100 bushel when double cropped, and it's a challenge to get soybeans to break 50 bushel when double cropped.
0: Shaneman says the proposal is good, but there are a variety of questions farmers will have to ask themselves if the proposal goes through.
1: Now, our growing conditions for wheat across the U.S. for the most part right now are not favorable or, you know, we've had areas where they're too wet and we've got areas where it's too dry, you know, so we already have producers starting to think about seed availability for the next crop. And then again, are we going to have access to inputs and at what cost?
0: A $33 billion supplemental spending request also includes aid to Ukraine. If Congress passes a version of this emergency supplemental funding request, it will augment the fiscal year 2022 appropriations bills. Now, continuing on with this subject, during my time last week in Washington, D.C., as part of the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Washington Watch annual event, we talked with FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau, and he was posed a question about uh, why the administration, USDA, decided to go with some of this funding, some of these loan rate uh, maneuvers to potentially encourage double cropping this year. Why did they think that was a good way to go? Here was Ducheneau's response to that question.
2: I think as we take a look at the landscape of this, our our goal is to provide producers some choice and some economic opportunity. With the loan rates, we can provide them some certainty in their marketing. We don't know that crop prices are going to stay where they're at right now. So the marketing assistance loans give them an option to leverage their production against a price that is more tied to contemporary prices than what it may be two years ago. To give an example of where that methodology sometimes doesn't work, our Livestock Forage Disaster Program is indexed to the lesser of last year or the previous two years corn prices. And that clearly didn't work for our producers that were experiencing the widespread drought in LFP. But as we move forward in our programs, we've got to try to think about how we can have more contemporaneous criteria for the assistance that we provide to our producers
0: that response was followed up with another question regarding the accuracy and adequacy of the farm safety net with input costs and more rising here for our farmers here was Ducheneau's response to that question i think
2: that remains to be seen i know that there is a lot of conversation about why those prices are high and what's really driving inflation and i know the secretary is directing people to take a look at corporate profits right now If people are profiting on the sentiment of the times, well, that's something that just drives home the point that we need to empower our producers economically to have choices. Because until the producer has a choice at the end of the production season with what they're gonna do with those units of production, we're gonna be stuck in this paradigm where they've only got one way to go. You know, and I had a chance to sit at a meeting and listen to senator tester talk about his hometown and there used to be two or three grain elevators there now there's none so those producers don't have the choice with their produce to go somewhere i think we've got to continue to address that
0: again that's comments with fsa administrator zach duchino from last week during the national association of farm broadcasting conventions annual washington watch event we'll have more comments from washington watch coming up here as we go throughout the rest of this week on a host of topics here on american ag today According to an article last week in Reuters by John Kemp, senior market analyst for the energy side for Reuters, he pointed to the fact that U.S. distillate fuel oil inventories have fallen to a 14-year low as refiners prove unable to satisfy strong demand from freight haulers and manufacturers, sending diesel prices surging and pulling crude prices higher in their wake. Stocks have fallen in 60 of the last 96 weeks by a total of 69 million barrels since the start of July 2020 according to high frequency data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. The depletion has more than reversed a 49 million barrel buildup during the first wave of the COVID epidemic and lockdowns in the second quarter of 2020. Two weeks ago, stocks had fallen to just 104 million barrels, the lowest since 2008 and before that 2005. Distillate stocks are now 31 million barrels or 23% below the pre-pandemic five-year seasonal average for the years 2015 to 2019. The projected inventory outlook has tightened since the start of April when stocks were on course to fall to a low of $107 Barrels with a range of 96 million to 114 million. The resulting shortages of distillates are driving prices for both distillate itself and crude sharply higher and are bleeding across into shortages and higher prices for gasoline and jet fuel. Kemp went on to say in his article distillate is mostly used in road and rail freight, manufacturing, construction, farming, mining, and oil and gas extraction, so consumption is very sensitive to the business cycle. In this instance, shortages are a symptom of the strong rebound in economic activity following the pandemic and its bias towards fuel-hungry merchandise rather than services. Similar shortages have been observed in the late stages of previous business cycles, with stocks rebuilding once the economy enters a mid-cycle slowdown or an end-of-cycle recession. A long-term time series shows distillate stocks do not replenish themselves spontaneously. They only recover when the economy goes into a soft patch or a full-blown recession. At present, refiners in the United States and the rest of the world do not have enough capacity to satisfy the high level of demand, according to Kemp. The shortage is likely to be intensified later in 2022 and 2023 as a result of U.S. and European Union sanctions on Russia's petroleum exports because Russia is a major supplier of distillate fuel oil. Given that global crude production and refining systems are already stretched to the limit. The only way to stabilize inventories and prices is for consumption to grow more slowly or fall, which will require a business cycle slowdown. Again, that is an article from last week in Reuters from John Kemp. He is Senior Market Analyst for Energy for Reuters based in London. You've been listening to American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen wishing you a great day.